You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Mondays, am I right? Anyway, hopefully everybody had a great weekend. That's what we can focus on today. I myself had an absolutely excellent weekend. The weather cooperated. The birds were vocal. Um, I called in a turkey for my wife on this, uh, the very first day. Um, had some trouble with some cows. Didn't get the shot. The next morning, we go back to the same location, watch the birds fly right down out of the tree, goes in, the tom goes into strut. My wife drops it at about 40 yards, dead-eyed dick. Uh, remind me to never piss her off. Then the next morning, my uh, my stepdad was telling me about how he was having some trouble with a guy driving a, a dirt bike on, on the property that he was hunting. Uh, so I was like, hey, come with me. I got a property that I can uh, take you to. And next thing you know, it's 6.30 Sunday morning, and he's got a, a – he shot a – a yearling tom i guess you want to say it It really wasn't a jake but it really wasn't a tom it was in that right in between stage and uh the turkeys were vocal uh they were responsive which makes turkey hunting very easy and uh, we called them in and we shot them and uh they were in our freezer before noon so that was fun my favorite thing about turkey hunting though is it allows me to spend time in like a a stress-free hunting environment i put a lot of pressure on myself uh during the during the you know whitetail bow season but for some reason turkey i i personally don't even care if i kill i find my enjoyment taking others turkey hunting like my wife and my stepdad and some other people but uh yeah had a great weekend uh put a couple birds on the ground now today's podcast we are going to be talking with Kevin and Mark from Trad Geeks. Now, if you guys have never heard of Trad Geeks before, what that is is like a, it's a blog and they also do a podcast and it's all about traditional archery. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk with those guys from Trad Geeks about traditional archery, some myths, some urban legends, some uh, you know, do all traditional archers wear flannel and smoke pipes type of questions, but uh, also tips and tricks of uh, if you're interested in taking that leap into tr- traditional archery, what you should look for. 
But before we get into today's podcast, I recently sat down with Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras and talked a little bit about their five-year warranty. Well, the first thing I'd say about our, you know, our five-year warranty is, is that it's not one of those warranties where, unfortunately, like a lot of companies in this industry, in any industry for that matter, you call them up, you, know, you have an issue with a product. And you kind of get the runaround about every other, you know, circumstance that could be at fault except for their products. So, you know, so many times I've called other camera companies back when I was using other products and, you know, they try to blame it on batteries or SD cards or give me the runaround about this or that. And, and it got so frustrating after a while that nobody would stand up for their products that that was a big part of what in what went into our five year warranty. You know, our warranty, we like to call it a no BS warranty. So if you call us up at four years and 362 days, we're still going to take care of you no matter what. And that's our guarantee. So one is just having a warranty that actually means something. It isn't just kind of a marketing tool was really big to us. But the reason that we're able to do that is because uh, one, because of our direct to consumer model, which I'm sure we'll talk about more Two would be the fact that we build our products to last and not to just turn around to get you through another year and then you can buy more products. We build them as tools instead of novelty items like a lot of companies unfortunately are still doing. When companies are in these big box retailers, everybody's fighting for the bottom dollar. Everybody wants to try to make a, a profit margin and there's a lot of different people trying to get their money out of, out of these products. So what happens is quality ends up getting driven down. And that's the number one most important thing to us here at Exodus is putting out products that we we're not going to lose sleep at over at night, you know, wondering if they're going to stand up to the test of time. And, and that's something we hang our hat on and we're very proud of. If you guys are interested in finding more information about Exodus Trail Cameras, be sure to visit their website, ExodusOutdoorGear.com. And now without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast with the guys from Trad Geeks. All right, on the show with me now is the founders of tradgeeks.com. And what that is, is I don't know what it is. So that's why these guys are going to tell us. We have Kevin and Mark on the phone today. How are you guys doing? doing good, great, man. man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So just to, uh, clar just to clarify, Kevin is the founder. I, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> okay. So we got someone right. You're just riding on the coattails, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Nah, he's just as much of a founder. He, he helps me out tremendously. So perfect. Perfect. So before we get into talking about traditional bow hunting equipment, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself uh, and tell us where you guys live, where you're based out of, uh, and uh, what you do for a, a quote-unquote real job. Yeah, uh, my name's Kevin Marrow. I started TradGeeks.com probably four or five years ago. Um, my real job's a chiropractor, and uh, I had a vision with TradGeeks that I, I hunted with Compound for years, switched to traditional archery probably four or five years ago for more of a challenge. Uh, we hunt, we're from Pennsylvania. Uh, specifically Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, the home of the groundhog. If you ever heard of Punxy Phil, that's where we live. Uh, so it's a small town, but, uh, you know, we hunt whitetail primarily, like I said, out of a tree stand. Um, it's not a trophy state. You can shoot some really nice bucks here in Pennsylvania, but 
I just wanted more of a challenge and uh, switched to traditional archery and saw a vision that a lot of people would be making this switch. So I wanted to start a website where you know some of the guys that would be making a switch from a compound to a traditional bow or even guys that are already traditional bow hunting could find more resources. There wasn't anything really modern out there. Uh, there were some old school forums and stuff already, but nobody doing films or podcasts on traditional archery. So I started that and uh, it's grown substantially over the years. And, and Mark came on, you know, we're good friends. We've been friends for quite a while and came aboard, what, Mark, two years ago? Actually, this will be the third third year. Yeah. So third year since he's came aboard, he's helped me tremendously with his skills. So go ahead, Mark. Tell him a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name's Mark Kephart. Uh, born and raised in Punxsutawney, in Pennsylvania. So a lot of the same stuff that Kevin said about whitetail deer, turkey hunting. Um, come by it honestly. My dad's hunted uh, his whole life. Grandfather, great grandfather. Um, just have a blast being outdoors but what i do professionally has nothing to do with hunting unfortunately absolutely love music and always uh always really been drawn to music and art and things like that uh, went to school for recording arts and recording engineering um, but my grandfather purchased a, a small music store uh, off of a family here in Western Pennsylvania, probably some 35 years ago. And my family, my dad owns it now and runs it. I'm vice president of marketing and sales currently uh, for Spots Music Center here in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, so if you ever need a guitar, drum set, we kind of hook up everybody over here. But we've grown that business, call on over 50 schools here in Western Pennsylvania. And just love music, love the art side of things. Um, but that's what I do. Cool. So what got you into uh, traditional archery? Uh, and it, really, my family's been gun hunters. And uh, the best buck that I've ever killed um, here in Pennsylvania, I did with uh, my great-grandfather's 30-30, that open sights Winchester Model 94 that my grandfather fell out of a tree stand with and broke both of his ankles and his hip, and they had to carry him out of the woods and broke the stock on that gun. Um, so I grew up hunting camp, family-oriented hunting with guns, um, putting on drives on the weekends, and just having a blast that side of it. And three years ago, um, I ran into Kevin. Uh, actually, his wife and my wife were friends. And my wife is a massage therapist. He's a chiropractor. They kind of work in it interchangeably. They uh, send clients back and forth to each other. Um, and so she was like, oh, you'd love my husband. He's awesome. And Lindsay, his wife, was like, oh, you and Mark should get together. Like, it'd be a great thing. So we went on a mandate and uh, talk, <laughs> talked about No, I'm going to clarify <laughs> that. We did not go on a mandate. You got to know Mark's you know, personality. But anyways, we all went on a date, our wives included, not, not just Mark and I. And we talked about hunting the entire time. And I always wanted to get into traditional archery. I never hunted with a bow. Never. I bought a compound bow about five years ago and shot it three or four times and could could get those groups good at 15, 20 yards, but just never really had the desire to hunt with it. And then uh, he kind of prodded me with the uh with the recurve bow to just get out there and do it and it's been an awesome awesome th this will be our 
my third year hunting with a recurve bow and it's it's been quite an experience <laughs> i tell you what i got a lot of you know i got a lot of questions for you guys but it was about a month or two ago i read an article in some kind of outdoor like trade magazine and it, they the title of the article was something along the lines of the hunger game effects <laughs> and basically what it is, is this movie helped play a role in the not only archery, but traditional archery, seeing an influx of, of sales and popularity in the nation uh, and especially with women. So mm -hmm. I want to know what your guys' opinions are on maybe, you know, why and, I, and Kevin, we had a conversation earlier or last week uh, on the phone a little bit about. Uh, the popularity of traditional archery and mm -hmm. and how it's uh, becoming a little bit more popular. But let's hear why you guys think uh, traditional archery is is making a spike. You know, I think it's just like anything in this world. Um, you know, in medicine and everything, it just kind of you know, as far as health and wellness as well, um, everything does make a turn eventually and. I think people get so sick of things being easier or handed to them that they want to kind of go back to something more traditional. And, you know, I think that's basically it. The world kind of just goes through cycles and it, it's starting to happen again where guys, you know, modern technology reaches a point where it's not that challenging anymore. And, you know, for me, it was I'd, I'd go out the week before or two weeks before and shoot my compound and rather that was the right way to do it or not I was still proficient and I could pick it up six months later and still hit where I wanted to hit but I didn't really enjoy shooting my compound all that much because it wasn't that challenging and I could have probably made it more challenging by shooting longer distance and stuff like that looking back at it but um I can't go a day without shooting my stick bow only because I have to shoot daily, but uh, it's just a lot more fun. So rather it's that and, and the Hunger Games, I'm sure, got people involved and they saw that and looked up to her and wanted to do it. And I think it's kind of the same now with social media guys are seeing other people being successful with traditional archery and think, wow, man, they're doing it. I want to do that, too. I want to be successful at that level. So I think there's a lot of reasons why, but I think it's just that cycle. It's, it's that time again. And I think it's only going to increase drastically for quite a few years. And then again, if compounds will probably come back around at some point. I, I contribute a lot of it to social media too, because it's, there's such a big push right now, um, with trophy hunters and guys shooting these yeah, huge that's big, deer. That's a big deal too. That, uh, that, is just unrealistic for the everyday hunter. I mean, I'm, I'm looking across the room on my windowsill and there's a three point that I killed when I was 12 <laughs> that that buck means so much more to me mm -hmm. than the one that I have mounted on the wall behind me that I killed with my 30-06. And it's because of the experience and because of how, I, how that hunt went with my dad when I was so young. And I think people are looking for more of that experience and more of that uh, kind of just, not to say primitive, because there is a science to it, but 
just that experience of being out there and being engaged and in, in, uh, not relying so much on uh, on a given, but having more variables that come into play that make it a little harder to to be successful. And it's, yeah, I it, think and uh, Mark's touched base on. I think it's also the the big antler thing and all this television. Oh, you got to shoot this big, big mature deer. And I like to, I, I'm I'm very picky. I'm I'm selective. I like to harvest mature animals. But Mark, on the other hand, he'll shoot a spike if it walks by and it's legal. Um, so I think it the traditional side of it can relate more to everyone only because traditionally speaking, guys that hunt with stick bows aren't as picky as far as you know antler size. It's more about the meat. It's more about the experience. It's that's important to them um so their values i guess are probably different maybe i think too there's something i know the first time that i shot a recurve bow just something inside of me just clicked and it was and i didn't shoot it well so it wasn't like oh that that arrow went where i wanted it to but it was like oh this feels cool like i feel cool shooting this bow like i want to shoot it and every day that i get the opportunity to shoot since it's still that feelings there of like, oh, this is fun. And even today we were out shooting and I'm frustrated right now with uh, <laughs> with my shooting. I got a new bow and it's been, uh, it's a real nice bow, but it's different than what I've been shooting the past three years. So it's taking a little bit of time to reevaluate how I'm shooting. Um, but it's every day I just want to be out shooting. And I've never had that with a rifle, obviously, because of the expense of shooting. but I just, I've never had that with anything. And I think people that try it kind of get hooked like that too. So I'll be completely honest. When I close my eyes and I picture a recurve bow hunter, I picture someone in like a coonskin cap and like <laughs> buffalo hides, you know, that kind of old school, old school yeah. hunter. And then when I picture, when I close my eyes and I picture a recurve or a, like a compound bow Hunter, I, you know, someone who is dressed in the quote unquote fancy camo that it, you know, it's all oh, yeah. the mark, you know, all that marketing that's in there. Mm -hmm. What maybe talk to us a little bit about that stereotype and how it's not true at all. Yeah. I mean, and that's another reason why I started my website. Um, and it, it's quote unquote labeled modern hunter meets traditional because I'm young, I'm 32. And I like, I'm a, I'm a geek when it comes to gear. I, I geek out on it. I love the latest and greatest stuff. But when it comes to my weapon of choice, it's more of a traditional approach. So, you know, I'm, I'm decked out in QU. Um, you know, I want to be warm. I want to be comfortable and I'm not going to wear something that's supposed to be traditional flannel not camouflage, uncomfortable to be in that classification. So, the, you know, the older guys and not harping on them at all that, you know, would probably, they don't consider me a traditional archer because of that, or because I'm shooting a stick bow that has some carbon in the limbs. And, and now a lot of guys are hunting with traditional bows that have metal risers. And you're always going to have those guys that are hard, die hard, primitive archers, where if they're not making their own bow, if they're not, arrowheads then it's not traditional archery 
but that's not the case. And, and, you know, it is what you make it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hunting out of tree stands and everything else. So in re- now in regards to your equipment, so I see things, there's, there's a, a zero balance, right? And then to the, to the one side, you got everybody trying to, to make a bow that a compound bow that is faster and lighter and has, um, huge let off, you know, all those things. And at the, and then on the other end, you know, you got your traditional hunters, maybe like you, you, you like, uh, I'm going to say kicking it old school, right? <laughs> so good terminology. Yeah, I like so that. is that, do you think for, from a traditional standpoint, do you guys ever see yourselves wanting to go more traditional? Like, Hey, I want to learn how to make my own arrowheads. I want to learn how to, uh, I want to learn how to make my own arrows from, you know, ripping a tree branch down. I want to kill a bird to make the fletchings, all that stuff. Oh yeah. I I think that's a cool thing about, about traditional archery too is, um, and Kevin very early on gave me the advice is you can make it as simple or as complex as you want. Like you can order pre pre fletched carbon arrows, three fletch that, are going to fly that are already pre-cut with inserts installed that you just screw your field point or broadhead on and they're going to fly good if you're if it's uh, tuned well um or you can you can cut the tree down and build your own stinking bow and i i think there is an area where everybody to build a bow and and learning about that right now that's not for me like I, yeah. i'm not to that point but that's there's always that step or those steps that you can take i mean i fletched my first arrow last year um using a fletching jig that's so stinking easy that everybody if i can do it anybody can do it if i can kill a deer with a recurve bow literally anybody can do it like i really believe that <laughs> and it, and you have to be ready for it you know i I never push anybody into traditional archery. You got to be ready to take that step. But, you know, I switched from a compound to a traditional bow. I still shoot carbon arrows, um, still shoot, you know, grizzly broadheads out of that bow. Um, I made that cause I was, I made that transition cause I was ready and I'm, I'm just not ready to go to wooden arrows. I'm not ready to build my own bow. I'm kind of being selfish also where I don't want to do that too early because when I was hunting with a compound, I'd shoot my deer. And, and part of the reason why I switched is when I shot a deer, I just didn't get that satisfaction that I did when I was young. I, I didn't get that excited. I was like, I was excited. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't like shaking. I wasn't worked up. Um, and I got that back by making the switch to a traditional bow. So I don't want to, I'm still happy with the trad bow. I'm still, I still get worked up. Mark can attest to that. If I ever lose that, I want to have somewhere to go. I want to be able to go to making my own bow and harvesting an animal with it. And hopefully someday I'm 70 years old and napping an arrow and and going out and and killing deer with it. Um, You know, so I'm kind of saving that personally for, you know, but that's just a personal preference there. that answers your question dan yeah so moving moving you know to the practice side of things 
for me, you know, for anybody who's hunting with a compound, for the most part, you know, you may not have your muscle memory, but you can tune your bow. You can shoot it. You can get your sights lined up. You can hang it up for the year, pick it up. And aside from that muscle memory, you can be fairly accurate right off the bat. What's the, what's a traditional archer's practice routine like? Let me tell you a story about the past <laughs> six months of my life. <laughs> it well, might be a eight, long one. Eight, it's, it's close to eight months now, but I had a daughter and then I went through PA archery season, which I had the most amazing archery season and I didn't kill a buck and I didn't kill a doe. Um, but just a ridiculous archery season. I can't not be happy about my experience in the woods this fall. But then after that season closed, I hung the bow up and I hardly shot. And so here, four months later, I get a new bow and I'm going out and I'm shooting every day. And it is rough <laughs> to get back into it um, because uh, my groups aren't consistent. Form is huge. Uh, and so that consistency and consistently practicing that muscle memory, um, as far as your draw cycle or shot sequence, um, being able to do that routinely on a daily or every couple of days or even a weekly basis helps. But when you don't do it for a long time, it's, it takes a while to get back into it. I can attest to that. Um, but it's something that you just tr shooting a, trad bow is so much fun to shoot it's not like you're practicing and that's i've from the music side of things um i tell a lot of the students that come through our stores you don't ever have to practice a day in your life if you love playing music if you love playing the guitar you're going to pick it up and you're going to play it and you're inherently going to get better doing that now if you practice the things that you're supposed to you're going to get better faster and so I think that really relates very well to, to shooting a trad bow, shooting a rifle too, shooting a compound bow. Do you have any musical advice for, let's say, a guy with nine fingers <laughs> who wants to play guitar? <laughs> look up look up Phil, Phil Keggy and see how many fingers he has and, uh, and how well he can play. <laughs> what do you got to say about that, uh, <laughs> Kevin, in regards to practice? Yeah, I... I think you can be extremely accurate with a traditional bow if you put your time in. Um, you know, with that said, I put my time in early on and right now in my life, and this kind of answers the previous question, I kind of forgot this, but I'm at a time in my life where I don't have that much time. Uh, we bought a house. It's a farmhouse on a lot of acreage. So I, I have a lot of upkeep and two kids running around that are young and so I don't get to practice like I'd like to. Um, luckily, I put my time in early, and, and I can get back into the swing of things pretty quick. Um, but you can be extremely accurate with it out to various ranges. I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable out to 40 yards now. And, and to give you a description of it for the list. I could probably hold a softball size group at four. That said, I went out just with my son the other day just for fun. And uh, he wanted to shoot a balloon. So I blew up a balloon and put it on the target and probably blew the balloon up to, you know, a medium size and took one shot at 85 yards just for fun. And I hit it first shot. So as far as accurate goes, you know, 
threadbare and those guys were extremely proficient with their traditional bows. So anybody that makes that comment where, you know, those guys are just wounding a bunch of animals and, and they're, they're not proficient enough. I, I think it's nonsense. I, I think you can be extremely accurate with it. If you put in your time, uh, initially and, and learning the proper form and just being dedicated to it. But that's like Mark said, that's easy to do because you just fall in love with it. It's, it's hard to get away from. So, so in regards to maybe comparing, uh, the compound bow to the traditional bow, Mm -hmm. what are some, what are some, I guess, techniques that, you know, cause I, I look at my bow and then I look at a traditional bow and I say, okay, well you got to have some kind of feel or, you know, awesome muscle memory, just, you know, it's more, a traditional bow is more feel and like grace and elegance as opposed to a compound bow where all you have to do is make sure. And I say that loosely because it's really not all you have to do, but is you put your sights on, you hold it, you pull the trigger. And the sites tell you where to go. But aside from, you know, the obvious differences, are there any similarities between compound bows and traditional archery equipment? Absolutely. I mean, form is one. And, you know, it's it's the general, you know, basics. Uh, Archery is all similar in, in one way or another. You know, the only difference is with a trad bow, you know, you're shooting a lighter bow. So you're shooting anywhere from, you know, 35 pounds up to 80 pounds, but you're holding all that weight. So there's no let offs with them because there's not the cams and, and stuff like that. So you're holding that weight. So generally, you know, we're in a 50 pound range is what we're holding. So you can't hold that bow back as long as you want. Um, so you got to be able to hit your anchors and, and your marks um, faster than you would with a compound. So, you know, there's another similarity is the anchor points, but with a traditional bow, a lot of guys will have a couple different anchor points. So multiple anchor points versus just the one. Um, but there's a lot of similarities. I think if you shoot with a compound first, you're probably going to be ahead of the game than if you, you wouldn't. And Mark can probably attest to that. So. <laughs> I can't cause I only shot that compound a couple times. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and with that said, maybe you wouldn't also because you don't develop bad habits that probably for a guy that's not shooting competitively with a compound, you know, they can probably have some bad habits that don't really matter too much if as long as they're lining up their What I did really like sights. about shooting a compound bow was just like with a rifle, if I lined those sights up and I squeezed that trigger off because I used a trigger release, or that's what I ended up getting with the bow. The guy told me that that's the best way for me to never doing it would be good. But if I lined those sights up and I squeezed off, that arrow went right where I wanted it to. And that's with uh, tuning a bow. I think the compound world, you can tune your bow. The trad world, you You can can tune tune your bow bow too. Yep. And that's shooting the right spined arrows, shooting the right weight arrow for uh, for your bow is important. So from a talking specifically about gear, you know, you said, you know, you're pulling back about 50 pounds. Right. And that's zero let off. Right. There's no let off on a on a trad, a traditional bow. Yep. So. How important is the correct arrow? 
because you're shooting a, a lower poundage. It's it's everything really as far as harvesting a game. And early on in my career, I made the mistake of not having the right arrow set up. Um, I thought it was right, and it, it was right for some guys that recommended it to me, but it wasn't right for myself. Um, but arrow spine and, and weight up front because of your your lack of kinetic energy um, is very important so that the, you get that momentum and you get that pass through that you want. So, you know, it tuning a stick bow is, is really, really important. With that said, you got to be proficient at shooting a stick bow before you can really start to think about tuning an arrow. Uh, only because if, if you're not holding a good group, um, it's really hard to determine if your if your arrow is correct for that bow or not. So is that a common mistake then made by guys who, you know, are first time traditional archers? They're like, okay, maybe just like a compound guy, Hey, I want to shoot 80 pounds and I want to shoot 400 feet per second, but I want the lightest possible arrow, which really is bad at that point. Is that a, a common mistake for traditional? I think so. It's if, a, it's it, a mistake that I made. I mean, yeah. I, I had a 50, 54, 55 pound bow at 28 inches i only draw 27 inches so it was about 53 54 pounds and when i ordered arrows on cabelas.com before talking to kevin or knowing anything about it i ordered longbow aluminum arrows that were spined for 60 to 70 pound bow because my mentality was i'm shoot i'm only shooting 54 pounds a 60 to 70 pound air or an arrow spine for 60 to 70 pounds, that should be fine for my bow because it's I'm never going to have a problem with it being too weak of an arrow. And that's not the right mentality. You want your arrow to be a dart out of that bow, and you want it to be flying straight because if it comes at an angle, if it's too weak of a spine and it kicks off of that shelf and it's flying knock left and... Uh, that broadhead doesn't hit straight on. It's not going to have the it's not going to have the cutting potential that it would flying like a dart just straight going into the animal. Yeah, it with a stick bow, spining and tuning an arrow is so much more important than a compound because you can adjust things with the compound where you don't have as many things to adjust with the stick bow. You know, you can change the shelf material, you can adjust the brace. That would be the last thing I would do, but um you know, making that arrow stiffer or weaker is is really important with a stick bow. Uh, kind of losing my train of thought. But to get back to your question, Dan, what was your question again? Uh, I think it was about tuning. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't on, know. I was just, going on I'm sitting here listening. But yeah, I mean, on obviously the, the arrow is really important and then i think the question was can do guys have a misconception they get in and they're shooting too light of an arrow out of their stick bow so therefore they're not getting the results that they would need so i really followed a guy his name's dr ashby and and his theory um is a front of center so the, the arrow front of center is all your your weight is more up towards the front 
I believe, don't quote me on this, is around the 20 to 24% range is where you want that FOC to be in order to get adequate penetration with that. So, you know, I try to shoot the lightest grain per inch arrow that I can and add as much weight up front in order to get the that I can get. Um, but you want to just make sure you're not shooting too weak of an arrow. So, so it's, it's tricky, but. So now let's talk about the actual broadheads. I mean, I, I look at some of these traditional broadheads and they're like one pound. That's over exaggerating, but they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're a heavy grain arrow. Is that also a misconception? I mean, are you guys shooting a hundred, 125 grain broadhead or are you shooting mechanicals or is it yeah. fixed blade all the way? There's a lot of guys that shoot 100 to 125 grain fixed blades. I don't know anyone. If they are shooting mechanicals out of a stick bow, they need to stop hunting with a stick bow. But <laughs> um, it might work for some people, but I wouldn't recommend it. But the 100 to 125, there I have some friends that do that. I wouldn't recommend it um, just with my results. But I like to shoot a, a two-blade uh, broadhead. Um, single bevel just so that you get the s cut it's it's better for breaking bone and uh without without having that you know and there's some research saying that kinetic energy isn't really what it's cracked up to be but um yeah i shoot a, a two blade single bevel and and have had great results with it as far as uh penetration and stuff like that so you, the the blood trail isn't as great as you know a three blade fixed you know, fixed broadhead or a mechanical, but the, the cool thing with the trad bow and, and having that FOC high, um, the arrow kind of goes in extremely sharp broadheads is something I don't want to leave out because that is so important as well. But Shame if you man. get a broadhead really sharp and shoot a two blade with a high FOC out of a stick bow, when you shoot these animals, they literally don't even know that they were hit. So I like to think of it as you're shooting a compound with a really extreme high speed bow. So the kinetic energy is just zipping and it's a mechanical. So when it hits that animal, it's like slapping them. I mean, it just opens up. They just sprint as fast as they can, as far as they can. So you want them to bleed out quick where with a stick bow, it's like getting a, a shot at the doctor. You know, you don't even feel that needle go in. And I don't think these animals even feel that arrow go into them. And the past six or seven deer that I've shot with my stick bow have literally went 60 yards tops. And, and they, they run two or three steps, stop, and fall over. Um, so I don't even have to track them with the blood. You know, it, they just fall over. So I don't even worry about the blood trail too much anymore with and that's what I have. The but, mule deer doe that I killed in South Dakota, I shot... Mm -hmm. I, I clipped the front um, shoulder on the opposite side so I didn't get a complete pass through. But that thing, when I hit it, I heart shot the mule deer and it didn't, it didn't respond like I thought it would. I mean, it, it felt something and it just went, it went about 60 yards and fell over. And died. Not like it would have with a compound. I can guarantee you that it, it's, it's just different. Um, so that's where I think the, the fixed blade, and sharp broadhead, it really comes into play. I know a lot of guys that shoot three blades and have great results with it as well, but I I prefer the two blade single bevel. 
Now, I know I know distance has a lot to do with it, but this year I shot uh, two does with my compound, and I think uh, one was one was at 18 yards. That's a you know blew right through her, and but the other one was 25, 30 yards, and um, I pull 80 for my compound and it blew right through her too. Mm -hmm. Are you guys getting pass throughs at your, at your longer distances or, you know, elaborate on that? Yeah. The, the, uh, the buck that Kevin shot last year, it ended up, um, just the, the way that it went down, the second shot that he took on the buck was at about 30. I missed the first one at 15 yards. (laughs) (laughs) And that buck came on my side. We were hunting together, and I passed on it because it was Kevin's spot, and that was the buck that Kevin wanted to kill. That's that's why I hunt with him. That's, that's <laughs> friendship right there. It that is. is. I wouldn't have anyone else in the tree. I really wouldn't. <laughs> but his second shot was 35 yards, complete pass through. Um, yeah. The last year, or the year before that, you killed a doe. How far was that shot? Yeah, and I, I had Finn with me, my two-year-old. And I filmed that. I yeah, he was two at the time. I filmed that hunt, so it's on uh, YouTube or our website if you want to watch it. It's at the end of expectations, I think. But I shot that deer at thirty yards, and I, I double lunged her. I made a good shot, but that arrow went through like you know a knife going through cheese. It was just it's nothing for it. Really isn't as long as you have the right setup. Um, shot a hog at twenty thirty yards. It, I didn't get a pass through with it only because it went into the off shoulder. Um, but, uh, you know, a prime example is I have a, a good friend that uh, wanted to get into tra- traditional archery. And I started him out with a really light pound bow because he wanted to make form was spot on and that he was doing everything correct. And he was worried about that as well. So his bow is 35 pounds. And he shot two doe with it at 15 or 20 yards. And pass-throughs on both those deer as well so penetration is not an issue as long as you have the right setup so now let's talk a little bit about if you if you guys are wanting to expand your range and i mean as far as a game are concerned you know now you're heading out west and everybody i talk to says hey when you go out west you gotta be able to take a 50 60 potentially 70 yard shot with your bow if you you know, if you want to get that's that's considered close, you know. Does does traditional archery have limitations as far as distance is concerned? Do you guys th- feel it's it's all in the eye of the beholder? It is. It's ethics, you know, and this is where there's trag guys with flannel and stuff come into play and say oh, any and a lot of archers, anything over 25 yards with a stick bow is unethical. And that's not the case. And in my eyes, I'm going to shoot as far as I feel comfortable and as far as I think I can be uh, proficient at. And, you know, I've shot at game over 40 yards with my stick bow and I missed, but I practice at that range all the time and I feel comfortable at it. So if, if I feel confident, I'm going to take this shot regardless. And, you know, the, the old, old guys, Fred bear and, and, uh, other ones that I can't come to the top of my head right now have have taken animals well beyond you know 70 yards with stick bows so 
there are limitations. It's a lot more difficult, um, but it can be done. It, it can be done. We I go out to South Dakota almost every year, and and I will be proficient at 50 yards when I go out there because I've missed some at 50. And so every year I just I just try to get better. And I don't want to shoot at one that far. I want to shoot one at four or five yards if I can. But, you know, you, you spend a lot of money to go out out west and you only have a week or two weeks tops to get it done um so you know i want to be proficient and if that opportunity occurs i'm going to take the shot if i feel confident so and this year for me or or this past uh whitetail season for me i had two bucks that were outside of my where i felt comfortable but this year i guarantee you i'm going to feel comfortable with that range and the the one was at 40 yards, and it was the biggest buck that I've ever seen in the wild, and it would have been an awesome buck to have on my wall. But I didn't feel comfortable shooting out at 40 yards last year with the bow that I had and the setup I had. And I videoed them, and it was an awesome experience seeing them. But this year, if that buck does the same thing that he did, I want to feel comfortable. And so it's it it all comes down to a personal decision to where – if you feel comfortable that you're going to be able to uh, ethically take that animal, take the shot. If it's 100 yards, if you can put your arrow with a trad bow at 100 yards in a pie plate, I have no problem with you taking that shot. <laughs> it's- you know, and, and to elaborate a little more, that doe that I shot that was 30 yards was feeding in a turnip field. And my son and I watched that deer for 45 minutes and... The wind was perfect. She was feeding, not alert. Um, you know, so a lot depends on the, you know, the weather and stuff like that as well. And and you know, just the how the deer is reacting, but or any game for that matter. But now this is there's no correct answer for this one. But <laughs> I had a, I had a guy who I met at one of the ATA shows one year, and he's like. I asked him, dude, why do you, why, why do you hunt traditional with traditional equipment when there's bows out there that, you know, are just whipping arrows and you're, you know, at, you know, I, I was, uh, ignorant to the fact about traditional archery and he's like, let me put it to you this way. I like traditional archery because there's arch in archery. So, <laughs> so he likes to see the arrow actually arch. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know where I was going with this, with that question, but how, how cool is it to see be, you know, obviously your arrows are, are uh, traveling slower. So how cool is it to see an actual arch and follow that arrow to your target? There, there is nothing more fulfilling than taking a shot at 50 or 60 yards at a target and watching that arrow just drop right in. And hit. I don't care if you're hitting the, the pie plate, if you just hit, if I, for where I'm at, if I just hit that target, there is nothing cooler than seeing that drop in. But the uh, the bow that I shoot now is a it's a zipper Z4, so it's a super curve, um, free curve, and it shoots a lot flatter than the than the bow that I've hunted with the past um, the past couple years. So it's at, at 20 or 25 yards, you don't see that drop like I used to. But it's still, it's an amazing feeling watching that arrow fly. It's, yeah, it's like a compound shooting long range. You know, you get to see a little bit of an arch. But, 
Um, what what did we shoot tonight at that watermelon in the field? Uh, it was like I think it was 118 yards. <laughs> there was a watermelon up there, and I had my 41 pound longbow. So yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm going to be turkey hunting with. And Mark had his Z4. He he outshot me, but uh, it was just awesome launching an arrow. You know, it's like medieval type of stuff, but it's just cool to be able to to pull back, let one go, and and have that opportunity to, to watch it hit the target. Um, it's cool, you know. How uh, from tip to tip, how long are your bows? My they vary. I have a uh, sixty inch, fifty eight inch, fifty six inch um mark has a bow that's 52 inches yeah and that's what i'm five seven so i've always liked a shorter bow the first one that i got i traded a guitar for was 55 inches and then uh i had south at stalker stick bow south cox made me a 52 inch um custom bow that was it i loved it because it's so short it just fits me so well and then this zipper i'm shooting is 56 inch which the the longer the bow the more stability there is so the better you can shoot it and i when i shoot kevin 60 or 62 do you have a 62 i don't have a 62 but you know that's an average size so the 58 to 62 to even 64 it just feels so more so much more comfortable but same with the compound you know the long longer axis the more stability you have but me being short, I just I feel more comfortable standing in a tree stand or sitting on the edge of a tree turkey hunting. I just feel more comfortable with yeah. a smaller bow. So I'll take having to put in more time with it to get more accurate with it, um, even though I'm not accurate. Yeah, and that forty <laughs> that forty one pound bow that I was practicing with today is fifty six inches, and um, it's a little shorter than I like, but it's nice for in a blind sitting on a stool. So your limbs don't hit, you know, you get 58 or 60 inches and it, it, they're tough to shoot in a blind. So, so are you guys, um, are there difficulties in, I guess with a longbow in a tree stand? Not really. I haven't found too many. Um, the only one would be as like, if you're shooting, out of a climber, which I don't, I don't use climbers, but if you're shooting out of a climber with like a rail or something like that, you might run into some difficulties I, and or I my... extremely, I, I take that back. One, one instance, I had a buck walk right underneath me and I probably shouldn't have taken the shot cause he was directly below me, but I felt confident and leaned over. It was, I think it was, it was my first bow I ever had. It was 58 inches. And I ran into a little difficulty drawing it back because of the limb touching the stand. But I killed that buck. So, I mean, it, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, it, and I know, like, I think I've had my dad tell me a story where he's hit his climber with his compound bow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the same. But in general, no, not really, Dan. All right, so here's my first traditional experience. When I was really young, there was this guy – um, I don't even remember his name, but he would o- always tell the most grossest jokes, uh, <laughs> and it really inappropriate for someone my age. I think I was like 10 and this guy's like 65, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, he had this old traditional bow and he gave me arrows that didn't match, you know, and he would take the lid of, a he would take the lid of a bucket and he would throw it and roll it. And he said, all right, you got to hit it on the move. 
And that was my, <laughs> and I, I think, I think I missed every time, but it, I, I had fun doing it. Now, it, you know, if I want to get a, a kid or some, some parents want to get their kids into archery, mm-hmm. what is your opinion on maybe what they should start off with a compound or a traditional? If, if you want to, I'll answer that first, because I, this is just a philosophy for me. Like the reason that I was hooked on hunting early was because I was successful early. And I, I, I think I'd still have that bent to me just because it's in your blood, like guys that hunt, like you just love being outside. But I talked, I don't know if it was in during the recording, but the three point that's sitting on that ledge that buck means so much to me because my dad was there and just killing that deer. And it was the only one that we killed the first day of the opening day of season at camp. And it was just an awesome experience. So if, if they're at that hunting age where they can hunt, whatever they can be the most successful with is awesome. Mm -hmm. If, uh, if they love shooting with you on a daily basis, it's whatever they love shooting with you with on a daily basis. I, th- I think yeah. I, I personally think that, you know, and this is my personal take is when they're extremely young, they're not going to, when I started Finn as soon as he could stand and that's my son. And, uh, to say he won't ever shoot a compound. I bet he will only because, you know, he's shooting, a bone now made by South Cox. It's a weasel recurve and he's extremely good. His form is phenomenal. And, and that's, what's great about starting, starting them super young. You can start them out with traditional bows probably before you could start them out with a compound. Um, but he's probably drawn seven to eight pounds right now at his draw length. Uh, the bow is 10 pounds at I think 20 inches. And he's only drawn maybe 12 to 13 inches so in order to harvest an animal in pennsylvania you got to be drawn at least 35 pounds well finn will want to hunt before he can draw 35 pounds so i will probably buy him a compound so that he can hunt earlier because i wouldn't want to restrict him just because of the bow or weapon that he chooses with that said i think it's better to start them out with a traditional bow only because there's no sights. So they're drawing back. They're learning the instinctive side of it. They're learning to put an arrow where they want it without any type of help. So you give them some guidance, you give them a peep sight and, and pins, they're going to be that much more successful and that much farther ahead if they would have started out with a bow with nothing on it. And, and they'll have that much more fun as well. So I don't think you could start him too young. And I bought Finn a bow for his first Christmas and he couldn't even crawl yet. I don't think And (laughs) everyone said, Oh, he won't shoot that bow till he's two years old. Well, he was shooting it in diapers at one and all by himself. So, um, that's my answer to that. And that, that the let off of a compound bow is such a beautiful thing for, for young kids too. For everybody. I mean, we don't have anything against compounds by any means. And, I doubt I'll ever use one again, but you know, I hunt, my buddies have them and I'd hunt with them, you know, we'll see how long I go without killing a buck. I might, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I, I, I love hunting too much with, with my recurve. 
So you guys can add your traditional uh, gear or talk about whatever you want here, but do you guys have any goals for this upcoming upcoming hunting season? Oh man, I want to kill a buck so bad. I uh, last year, if we've got the time, I'll tell you the story. But last year, I wanted to kill a buck so bad that all of my doe hunting I put on hold and didn't do a single. I didn't hunt a single day in any of the spots where I knew doe would be. I just tried to get into where I could kill a buck, and I passed on some does. And then whenever I had an opportunity to kill a doe. I was like, oh, there might be a buck coming. Um, but I killed a coyote with my recurve bow this year, walking into a stand that was just the most, I don't know, it was just the most ridiculous experience. Um, so I really, this year, like, turkey season's coming up, and I've turkey hunted my whole life, and I love turkey hunting. My dad's a great turkey hunter, and I really want to kill a turkey with a stick bow, but if I kill a turkey this year, that'll be gravy. I really want this fall to kill my first whitetail buck. Yeah, and for me, I I want to take a buck on my property, hopefully one that's three years old or more. So that's my standard right now on my property that I just I bought last year. So I didn't take anything off of it this year just to let them grow a little bit. But I had some some potential on there with one deer. The other ones are still going to be too young this year. They'll be two and a half, but I'd like to kill a turkey. I haven't killed one yet with my stick bow. I've hit a few. I hit one, never found it, and it was a good shot. So don't know what happened there. I guess that's just bows and turkeys, but I've been going out to South Dakota. This will be my third year going out there. Um, kind of a do-it-yourself type of hunt. So I really want to kill a mule deer with my stick bow. That's That'd be... If I had to put something on the top of the list, that's what it would be. So nice. I, uh... Kevin's hunting mule deer bucks too. Like when we went out, I was, I'll kill a <laughs> spike, I'll kill a doe. And we had the opportunity at the doe. And yeah, and um... Mark actually <laughs> shot his, his doe. And, and there was a younger one with her. And she just stood there and Mark's like, shoot her, shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not wasting my tag on that deer, you know? And, yeah, uh, it would have been cool to double up right there, but I had fun chasing bucks the rest of the week. Um, so that's the difference in Mark and and myself. But I went to I went to Nebraska two years ago and uh, went. I missed an antelope at about forty yards. I I had a antelope tag and I had a mule deer or well it was a deer tag, so you could either shoot a whitetail or uh, a whitetail or a mule deer and one of my regrets on that hunt was i had the opportunity to take sh a shot at like one of five mule deer does and i'd never shot a mule deer before so i was like i'm driving off you know i got that 10 hour drive back to iowa and i'm sitting there going i should have shot i should have shot that doe <laughs> I, I should have shot that doe yeah well, I tell you what, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there's been multiple times I was like, I should have shot it. You know, I've never taken a mule deer. I, on the way back, he's like, how's it? Lee stopped at Cabela's and cooked up some of his back straps. And he's like, how's that back strap taste? I was like, pretty good. He's like, yeah, 
I got a mule deer under my belt. You don't. Uh, you know? And that's the that's the only claim. Well, I guess I have two claim to fames over Kevin is that I killed a mule deer first and I killed a coyote first. Yeah, I, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I got a text. I got a text message in the morning and everything wakes me up. I'm a light sleeper. So I, I rolled over and looked at it. And it's like, oh, I just smoked a coyote. And I, I look outside and it's dark. I'm morning and with this headlamp and the headlamp was blocked by his limb so he shot it purely instinctive and i mean i i don't know if i'll ever be able to do that but so that's the cool thing about traditional archery is it it really is a little more difficult you spend more time in the woods and because of that i feel like you experience more and cooler things happen well guys we're coming up on an hour. I want to say thank you very much for uh, taking time on this. It's Sunday night. It's eight o'clock your time. Hell, it's almost nine o'clock your time now. So uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show and talking traditional archery with us. And if uh, people want to learn more about Trad Geeks, where should we send them? Yeah, just look us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're under Trad Geeks. I have Trag Geeks. Mark runs Trag Geeks. Mark, just so we have two social media stuffs going, and and then TragGeeks.com as well. Um, and we our- just we just started a series of uh, intro to trad bow videos yeah. that are really simplistic. It's just they're a minute each, just determining whether you want a longbow or a recurve, some Simple safety stuff. tips, just to try and get people to kind of take the leap like I did a couple years ago because it's it's been such an awesome experience so hit up tradgeeks.com on Instagram it's at tradgeeks underscore com or at tradgeeks mark you can find us on Facebook the same URLs I have a question for you Dan okay let's hear it when are you going to start shooting a stick bow (laughs) and that's all the time we have today guys (laughs) (laughs) you know your buddy ben is he's he's gonna be making that leap soon i yeah ben's i don't know he's got he's got a little bit more of that uh, mountain man in him i think than i do but uh i i tell you what it's gonna happen someday will i ever fully commit to it like you guys probably probably not but i will Uh, i will take the leap you know what a lot of guys i recommend is start get one start shooting it and go out go out and shoot a doe with it go out you know there's not as much pressure for some um with a doe and and take one of your doe quick after that well i appreciate (laughs) your guys's time thank you very much and uh i guess we'll talk to you when we talk to you Um, Sounds good, buddy. Thanks again. And there you have it. Another podcast signed, sealed, and delivered. First off, I want to thank the guys from Trad Geeks, Mark and Kevin, for coming on the show and uh, talking traditional archery with us. I also want to thank you guys for tuning in, as always, and uh, listening to the show. Um, Be sure you guys are going to iTunes, if that's where you're listening to this from, 
and uh, leave a, a nice review if you like the show. Also, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and uh, what else, what else, what else? I think that's it for as far as uh, where you want to follow me. Last but not least, big shout out to the guys at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, their cameras are badass. I really think that you guys need to go and check out their trail cameras, do a little bit more research on that product, and really see with their direct to consumer marketing platform how they're selling their products and what you're paying versus what you're getting so uh, a lot of cool information on uh, exodusoutdoorgear.com check that out and thank you guys very much again for tuning in and uh, good luck if you're turkey hunting still mushrooms are about to pop so good luck if uh, you guys are finding any mushrooms if you do uh, get, send me the GPS coordinates to where they're at so I can find them. Other than that, happy Monday. Have a great week. And remember to wear your damn safety harness.